Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I wanted to um, share with you tonight some of the Buddha's teachings on peace and um, putting it in the context of our contemporary crazy world. Uh, If you weren't here, uh, a few weeks ago I gave uh, a talk uh, that's in Dharma Seed. Um, by the way, each of the the talks are recorded and um, they're posted on uh, Dharma Seed uh, weekly talks. Whether or not you're you're here, you can hear what's going on. And the same for the teachers who um, who come while while I'm away. The guest teachers are recorded as well. But I gave a talk a, a few weeks ago. Uh, called uh, Hatred Never Ceases by Hatred. Um, gave another version of it a couple of days ago at uh, a retreat. And, um, and then I um, gave another talk um, the week after on uh, conscientious compassion and uh, was exploring uh, for myself as well as whoever wants to hear, uh, just the reactions that can so easily get um, activated, evoked, when we're reading the news these days. The first one was right after Charlottesville. Um, And then, um, well, what can I say? Every day there's there's something new. and so I've been wanting to look at this for my own sake, um, as well as sharing it with others, just how to hold what goes on in the news in a wise way without adding to our uh, adding to the hatred out there with more hatred, or with more uh, ill will. Um, And I just used that one line for the the talk um, from the Buddha, the famous line, hatred never ceases by hatred, hatred uh, only ceases by love. This is an ancient and eternal law. But tonight what I thought I'd do um, is share with you not just my words and my thoughts, but the Buddha's words about peace and putting it in the context of, well, what is this that we're, we're being called to wisely respond to? How can we wisely respond while still having a deep caring for the world. Surely it's more than just settling back and saying, okay, I'll be peaceful and uh, just let everything happen. Um, There's a, a kind of tension there between caring so much and yet not adding to the field with more anger and ill will. And we've been exploring that um, and want to continue to explore that because it's still on my mind and in my heart. But I thought that uh, just sharing uh, the Buddha's words, we can go to, um, to a source that inspires, I would think, most, if not all of us, um, and, and then explore together. And I want to uh, acknowledge that uh, I have a collection, this uh, collection of um, excerpts of the Buddha's words on peace 
that was put together by uh, Gil Fransdell, who's a um, good friend and colleague and a wonderful Dharma teacher and a scholar, a Buddhist scholar, um, as well as a, a, a really uh, special Dharma teacher. Gil has a, um, a community, a Sangha down in Redwood City, if you're ever down there, and uh, he has lots of amazing things going on down there. He also has a retreat center down there, the um, Insight Retreat Center in, I think it's Scotts Valley um, as well. But he put this collection together of a number of different passages of the Buddha uh, on the subject of peace. And so I want to give him some credit. Um, So first to to keep in mind that the the spirit of mm, the peaceful warrior I'll call uh, I'll call it uh, is based on the uh this on sila on the precepts on the uh the power of not causing harm which is the foundation for uh, inner peace in that spirit of harmlessness that when you are not causing harm to others, there is a sense of ease and spaciousness and what the Buddha called the bliss of blamelessness. And first, some thoughts about this spirit of harmlessness. If the well-adorned, that is, if you even if you're a householder and have jewelry and you know you're you're not living a monastic life, one lives at peace, calmed, controlled, assured, and chaste, which is another way of saying a, a pure heart having given up violence toward all beings, then one is a Brahmin, a renunciate, a monastic, even though you are well adorned, that you are a Brahmin, you are a a, a holy person, someone who lives the holy life, if you are committed to, to peace. One is not an elder just by having gray hair. That's a good line. One is not an elder just by having gray hair. Someone ripe only in years is called an old fool. The Buddha didn't pull punches. But it's because of having truth, dharma, harmlessness, restraint, and self-control that the wise one, purged of impurities, is called an elder. Pretty good. You don't have to wait for your chronological uh, advanced age to uh, to be living that and be called... Um, a wise one. Uh, but there's something about actually growing in age. It just often seems to come, not always, but often in the hard wiring as your intensity mellows out a bit more and things don't quite activate you as much. <clears throat> I, I can't make a blanket statement on that. I'm sure you still get activated by things, but uh, even if you're older. But as you're older, there's a, just a wider perspective in you. You have a, often a more sensitivity to, to life. Having given up violence towards beings both timid and strong, whoever neither kills or causes others to kill I call a Brahmin. And then he, he talks about 
reasons for nonviolence, some other reasons. I'll just read this passage. Monks, and that is both monks and nuns. A wise person, one of great wisdom, does not intend to harm does not intend harm to self, intend harm to others, or intend harm to both self and others. Thinking in this way, such a one intends benefit for self, benefit for others, benefit for both, benefit for the whole world. Thus is one wise and of great wisdom. I wanted to read that particular passage it's good to keep in mind where he says, a wise one, one of great wisdom, does not intend harm to self, as well as not intend harm to others. So this is uh, broadening our understanding of being peaceful This is advanced peace where you do not harm yourself, where you do not talk to yourself in uh, unskillful ways. This is not to make you feel guilty if you do or put pressure on yourself if you do. But the Buddha is saying, watch how you talk to yourself Watch how you treat yourself. Watch how you care for yourself. And don't harm yourself. Because if you harm yourself, you will, uh, you will likely feel small and contracted and be at war with yourself. And that, of course, naturally spills over to how you can be with other people. And those that do harm others, I believe if you look deeply enough, there's a part inside that they're not at peace with themselves. That they're having some kind of battle of not being enough or needing to be higher than. And so they are unskillful in others to put them down. Why would you need to put them down if you already felt at ease and peace with yourself? So you might keep that in mind when you see people who are doing unskillful things in power who somehow are not at peace with themselves inside. This is a cause, instead of ill will, a cause for compassion. If you can go deeper and see, oh, they must not like themselves very much, even if they're braggadocio because that's what insecurity uh, gives rise to then he he talks about um, how being a person of peace um, is born out of empathy and concern for others and this is a, a famous passage All tremble at violence. All tremble at violence. All fear death. Having likened likened others to yourself, don't kill or cause others to kill. All tremble at violence. Life is dear to all. Having likened others to yourself, don't kill or cause others to kill. 
very simple if you can get in touch with the fact that you don't want harm or violence to happen to you, even though you might inflict it on yourself out of unskillful relationship. But very few people, unless you have some kind of masochistic tendencies, very few people want violence to happen to them. Most of us would say, no, I I don't want to be harmed. And he says, just take a look at how that feels. And then see that you're not different from others around you. And this is, I think, the great secret of compassion. And that is to just put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's, it's so simple. I mean, it doesn't get more basic than that. As the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. But to actually do that, especially when you're ready to just really lay into someone for what they've done, and we've talked about this a a number of times, when you understand somebody else's reality, even if it's bizarre, even if it's cruel, even if it is um, dangerous. It's not to excuse it. And you want to be really strong in your not causing harm and in preventing others from causing harm. But the secret is to try to imagine what another's reality is as I, I love the, the Dalai Lama's teaching, maybe I said it here a couple of weeks ago, if I did uh, a part in the redundancy, where he says, if somebody is causing you suffering or is upsetting you, understand that it's probably not that they want to hurt you or upset you. More likely, it's that their internal reality is intersecting with your internal reality in a way that is not matching your expectations. And now, there are some people that do want to hurt out of anger, out of shame, out of um, confusion. Even those, if you can try to understand the causes and conditions that would make someone do that, the key is just understanding. Once there's understanding, it's like, oh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, the, the beautiful teaching by Jesus, forgive them, they know not what they do. Once you understand, even if they don't, then you are more likely to not cause harm. <clears throat> Another reason for peace is avoidance of harmful repercussions. It says, the taking of life is a condition for having fear and animosity in the present and in the future. Taking life occurs together with mental pain and despair. In refraining from taking life, one neither produces fear and animosity in the present or in the future. Furthermore, one does not experience mental pain and despair. When one refrains from taking life, fear and animosity are stilled. So you're doing this in in this particular teaching. He's saying, just for the very basic um, not wanting to cause yourself fear and pain, 
just see the consequences of the of those actions of harm is fear and pain inside if you don't want that if for no other reason not trying to be a saint or somebody uh somebody holy but if you just don't want to cause suffering inside then develop that spirit of harmlessness mm. if desiring happiness you use violence on others desiring happiness then you won't find happiness after death that is beyond this lifetime you will be reaping karmic results of your unskillful action if desiring happiness you use violence on others desiring happiness then you won't find happiness after death it reminds me when i was a a school teacher um as as uh i mentioned before i was a school teacher for a number of years mostly in in new york city and um at the beginning of the year and in those days forgive me if you've heard this before i i had long hair and a beard this is in the late 60s early 70s and i played guitar i still play guitar and i was different from most all the other teachers in this very um conservative neighborhood in queens astoria queens and i was the cool teacher right when they got at least after my first few years the first few years i had to kind of figure out what was going on but i always had the guitar and when they got into mr barris's class they thought wow we're going to have a good time and i would say to them at the beginning you probably heard you know that that we can have a a a good year in this class and we can have a good year you can have a really good year if you just remember one rule and if you don't remember this rule or you forget it's not going to be as good a year as you think they were very interested yes this is the one thing you've got to you've got to pay attention to and we'll have a really good time and i said it's amazing i i hadn't seen that this quote i said just make sure that your happiness is not coming from causing somebody else suffering if you can respect each other and not have your happiness based on somebody else's suffering and pain we'll do fine we'll do really good but if if you forget that one this is not going to be as good a year as you think and that was it was kind of like the you know the, the magic ingredient that um that pretty much people got and and if they didn't you know it wasn't as good a year but uh they they would usually ca- catch on isn't it strange that that people get their own happiness from making other people miserable it it's a very limited happiness isn't it and yet how prevalent it is in the world and not just prevalent in the world but in our own hearts i'm sure everybody here knows the feeling of really wanting to stick it to somebody anybody not know that feeling i know that feeling and it's humbling to see oh my goodness that's where i I look back on the things that I did when I either stick it to somebody or not care what they think which is just another variation to not care that somebody is going to be hurt 
and when I when I look at my own my own heart these days and think of the things that I did so unconsciously, it's just. Um, and then I think of how many in the world, how many of us in the world. That's not a break. It's not you don't you you you're not putting the break on your on your actions. Um, and if you realize where happiness lies, you don't do that. And yet, it's easy to go unconscious, and it's easy to read the newspaper or your wherever you get your news and say, "Ooh, I." That's where humility comes in. Humility is really important in this process. The Buddha. Fear results from resorting to violence. Just look at how people quarrel and fight. But let me tell you now of the kind of dismay and terror that I have felt. And this is the Buddha. Seeing people struggling like fish, writhing in shallow water, with hate against one another, I became afraid. At one time, I had wanted to find some place where I could take shelter, but I never saw such a place. There is nothing in this world that is solid at base and nothing that is changeless. I had seen them all trapped in mutual conflict, and that is why I had felt so repelled. But then I noticed noticed something buried deep in their hearts. It was, I could just make it out, a dart that is a pain in their heart. Influenced by this dart, one runs in all directions. Having pulled the dart out, one neither runs nor sinks. We'll do just a few more and then... The power of loving kindness. Metta is called loving kindness because it is loving. It refers to tender or lubricating love. This is from the Visuddhimagga, so this is not the Buddha talking. This is Buddha Gosa. It is also known as metta because it arises in one's relationship to a friend, which is mita. It's friendly. Characteristics of loving kindness is to promote well-being. Its function is to prefer well-being. Its manifestation is the removal of annoyance. Its proximate cause is seeing the loveliness of all be- of beings. It succeeds when, when it makes ill will subside. And here's the simile of the saw that I mentioned a few weeks ago. Monks, even if hoodlums were to cut off your limbs, if you become hateful toward them, you would not be carrying out my, my teachings. Rather, you should practice. Our hearts will remain unaffected. We will say nothing evil. We will maintain compassion for that person's well-being. We will maintain loving kindness and a heart free of hate. We shall practice suffusing the person with our heart filled with loving kindness. After doing so to this person, we will practice suffusing the entire world with our heart filled with immeasurable loving kindness. This is how you should practice. So, I think I'll stop here. There's, There's lots of reasons. And I... I just stopped there, but there are a lot, lot more quotes. The Buddha spoke about this a lot, um, but there are also um, reasons to be very fierce in this world, and to have courage, and to uh, stay connected to that caring heart. And the trick is, 
to be what is sometimes called a, a sacred warrior or a, a warrior who comes from a place of loving kindness but has very strong action. And this is what we're called on in our practice to be outraged but go deeper than the outrage to the place of skillful action. Because as the Buddha says, hatred never ceases by hatred. Hatred only ceases by love. So what I wanted to do to finish this part before we explore together is something that is kind of unusual. Um, I want to share with you who from for me, one of the most inspiring uh, teachers of what is called the joyful responsibility that comes with sharing your practice. Sharing your practice in a very fierce way. Uh, And this is uh, Julia Butterfly Hill who I've mentioned here before, one of, the, uh, one of the most inspiring people for me, um, talking about this fierce compassion. Um, she was, for those who don't know her, was up in uh, the tree, the redwood tree, um, called Luna in uh, 1998 for two years to um, help uh, keep that tree and other redwoods from being uh, cut down. And um, she was very fierce and loving in her, in her, um, in her commitment. Um, and I, uh, I have a couple of clips of hers that I'll play. And this is where I, I invited her to come to uh, the Awakening Joy class a number of years ago in, uh, in 2010. And uh, want to play two clips. Just, you, you just be able to hear them. You can see them, but uh, you just, I just want to hear, have us all hear her words, and then we can explore and talk together. I tell people, I'm not trying to tell people not to be angry. I feel if you're not angry at the world today, you're probably not awake. But it's, (laughs) but for me, there's a shift that happens, which is, do I choose to do what I do out of my anger, my judgment, or do I choose to do what I do out of my love? Just like the tree takes in the toxins, breathes it in, transforms it into life and grows, I too could do the same thing. When I am present to my anger, I can choose to act out of anger and I'm probably going to make a mess. Or I can breathe that anger in. I can recognize that always what is underneath my anger is my care. I'm only angry because I care so much about my world that it breaks my heart that we're so good at destroying it and destroying one another. And I recognize that because I've done this work enough that when I'm angry, what it's actually doing is it's a self-defense mechanism against this, against the fact that I care so much about our world and I see what's possible for us as a humanity and I see how far we have to go. And it breaks my heart. But underneath my anger, underneath my rage, underneath my fear and my overwhelm is my care. And if I can get in touch with my care, then I can put love into action instead of anger into action, or fear into action. And this one is on fierce compassion. The beautiful thing for me is that through love, I can transform my anger, my rage, my cynicism into what I call fierce compassion but it doesn't lose its teeth. I got a little bit of an edge to me. <laughs> I don't know if you've realized that tonight or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I have a little bit of
bit of an edge. And people ask me that a lot because some people are so attached to the anger is what sources them. They ask me, well, if I were to give up my anger, what would I do? Like my anger is what gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm like, well, why is it that anger gets you out of bed? Why do you choose that instead of love? Like it's actually just a choice. But in the space of choosing to transform through love, I don't lose the edge. I don't lose the fierceness of my passion. But fierce compassion gets the chainsaw of judgment out of the space and gets me present to every breath is a miracle. How do I want to live my life in a way that honors that miracle? Wow. I get goosebumps when I get present to that. That's such a more joyful way to live life. Joy, awakening joy. Joy gets awakened every moment that I get judgment out of the space, get love in the space, and get myself in service to love. Because ultimately, my service to others is about bowing to the feet of love every day and saying, what would love have me think in this moment? What would love have me say in this moment? And what would love have me do in this moment? We may or may not win. We may or may not lose. Who knows? We don't have the crystal ball. But what I do know is every day that I wake up and choose to think, speak, and act in love, I won. And hopefully others win as a result. And so she, and she talks about the joyful responsibility that we have to express our caring. I love that phrase, joyful responsibility. Responsibility sounds kind of heavy, but joyful responsibility to really come from that place of aliveness and how much you care then you're coming from peace and you can be very fierce at the same time. The sacred warrior, the peaceful warrior, we need as many peaceful warriors as we can, we can get. And so... I hope you see yourself and your practice as uh, one of uh, sacred warriorship. Not to let yourself um, give in to those such human responses of anger and hatred uh, just staying in touch with your care that's underneath it all. So we can take, um, take some time to have a, an open conversation, anything that might be coming up from this topic or anything you want to bring up. Oh, thanks, Andrew. Um, on this topic, there's a man uh, who's done a lot of work around this kind of thing from a different point of view. His name is Marshall Rosenberg. He teaches something called nonviolent communication. And people, of course, ask him, how do I deal with my anger and what do I, you know, how can I do it? And he has an interesting concept called the protective use of force, mm-hmm. which is taking action in order to do something positive for the world. Mm-hmm. He talks about when a four-year-old is about to run out in the street... With, you know, with cars going by, you don't spend a lot of time negotiating and explaining why it's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. You grab the little kid by the shoulder and you jank, yank him back onto the sidewalk. But it's done out of a sense of caring for this person. It's done out of a sense of wanting to make the world a better place. And sometimes, as he said, you need to take real clear action. And just as you're talking about, just as the Buddha talking about, it needs to come from a place of caring. It needs mm-hmm. to come from a place of making the world a better place, mm-hmm. saving that little kid's life. Mm-hmm. The protective use of force. Yeah. Yeah, that's and good. And the Buddha actually, he was from the warrior caste. He was the, 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 the kshatriya caste in, uh, uh, in India. 
he was a, from a warrior clan. And he had, there's a lot of images that he has in his teachings about conquering. Uh, there's one, it, it better to, to, uh, to conquer oneself than conquer a thousand uh, peop, men on a battlefield a thousand times. And there's uh, an, another one of his teachings with, with uh, clenched teeth and tongue pressed against the roof of the mouth. Uh, one should crush mind with mind, um, with a little bit of loving kindness in there, uh, with a lot of loving kindness. But he has all of these images. You know, he he wasn't a namby pamby kind of guy, uh, but to to do it from the protective use of force, as he's saying, to really go for it and be determined. Yeah, thank you. Yes, you had your hand up. Hi. I'm seeing kind of a dilemma between... Real close. I'm seeing a dilemma in my mind between um, having compassion for someone that may be acting out of their own suffering and injuring another person or hurting another person and... Uh, having love for yourself. And if those two things are present, to me it seems like the logical choice is you really cannot be in community with that person. Mm. But maybe somebody has a different take on that. So if I understand you right, you're saying if you're, if you're around somebody who is hurtful, uh, how can you both have compassion for them and take care of yourself if they're hurtful towards you. Is that yes? That it. It's a very important question. Having compassion for them doesn't mean letting them do what they want. And if you're in their their field and you can't stop them. Um, then you've got to take care of yourself. As, as the Dalai Lama says, if, you've, if you're around somebody who has a lot of negativity and you've done everything you can to uh, try to um, touch their heart and the negativity still comes, that's the time to find the nearest exit. That you have to first include yourself in healthy boundaries and in what is proper and, and, and stop somebody who is doing something unskillful and, some, and sometimes can be very strongly stop them. The trick is, if you can, to stop them without hating them, but rather to understand the pain and confusion. It doesn't mean you condone the action. It just means if you can respond with a non-hating heart, but really take care of, of what's needed to, to be taken care of, including yourself. Yes, back there, Wendy. Well, that, that uh, qu- the quote from the Buddha, um, I think it was the Buddha, um, about um, there being a dart in people's hearts yes. was a very powerful image for me. Yeah, I mean, I finally, I actually thought about Donald Trump and pictured him with a dart in his heart, and you know, uh, I actually did begin to feel some compassion. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think. Um, but I, I think that um, it's just something about an image like that that kind of cu- cuts through all of our thinking um, about this, that, and the other thing can, can help us to see uh, more clearly the pain that probably just about everybody is in. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. That, mm-hmm. that was That's very helpful. Straight from the Buddha, yeah. And it, it is interesting now, just what you, what you said, I just want to underscore, 
in a moment, just that image opened up your mind to another way of holding it. Isn't that interesting? You know, and you can't, you can read the words, but it's more than just getting it conceptually. It's in, and images have power. The Buddha, you know, talked a lot in metaphors, just like Jesus did too. Images have power, and just one little tweak of seeing another perspective, ah, there can be just a glimpse of what it would be like. Ah, and once you have that glimpse, then you, you, you can't pretend you don't see it anymore. And so it's, it's really it's wonderful that you could just even experience that. Oh, of course, just how painful to have a, a dart in your heart. You know, it's some, actually, I was just going through this uh, recently with somebody who, who sometimes is, is uh, there's a, a difficulty there. And there was um, a moment where seeing something, it was like there was a, just, I said to a friend, it was like a thorn was just removed. Ah. All, all it takes is a moment to see it another way. Yeah. Okay. One, one last thing, and then we should go. Uh, Andrew, right back there. Hi, James. Thanks for your teaching. Real um, close to you. Yes, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, so I, I can really understand and resonate with the dart and the, and the pulling of the dart. Um, I have a more, I guess it's not more, it's a personal situation. My daughter's um, partner is a DACA recipient. Is a what? A DACA recipient, a dreamer. Oh, a DACA. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so he and his sisters, his sister and brother, his sister was two months old when she was brought here to the U.S., so they've never been back to Mexico, and their mm-hmm. parents live in the shadows. And um, I'm, I'm um, frightened by a man who can have so much power over other people's lives and mm-hmm. who can affect other people's lives so yeah. deeply. And even though I can find compassion for what some of the reasons he may make these choices and decisions, it it still is stunning to me. And I try to hold how can I act with love in the same way that Julia Butterfly Hill did. Yeah. To to try to counteract that. Well, maybe uh, love might be too strong a word. Um, I I try to go for compassionate understanding. Uh, you you can't go beyond where you are. And and when the Buddha talks about um, love and loving kindness and wishing for somebody's well being, what I take from it is, if you wished for that person's true happiness, their true happiness is them seeing for themselves where true happiness lies. And if somebody has that dart out of their heart, they won't cause harm to others. So you might wish that person well, but well in the sense of um, a, a well-being inside that doesn't cause harm to others. But don't expect to be, or don't even imagine that you should love that person, but just starting with understanding is, is good enough. It, it reminds me, uh, one of my teachers, Joseph's first teacher, Manindraji, who was also a teacher of mine, he was um, hearing a story, Sharon Salzberg, the wonderful meditation teacher, uh, when she was, this is many, many years ago, and she was in Calcutta, uh, where Manindraji was, and uh, she went, uh, she took a rickshaw, uh, the human rickshaws in, in Calcutta, 
And uh, as they were going through town, somebody, um, this guy, tried to jump, jump and uh, rob her. And uh, she, she comes afterwards and comes to Meningergy and tells him about this situation. And luckily they got away. And Meningergy says, Oh dear, when that man came after you, you should have taken your umbrella and with all the loving kindness in your heart, beat that man away. But with all the loving kindness in your heart, get away. If you can bring both of those together, then you're a peaceful warrior, a sacred warrior. Yeah. Okay, we should, uh, and we'll end with the, the loving kindness. Okay, so just going inside, wishing yourself well. That's where it starts. And then extending out to everybody near you and out to all beings everywhere, just as I want to be happy and free of fear and safe from harm. May all find happiness, freedom from fear, and safety. May all beings know inner peace and freedom from suffering. May all beings know the highest happiness. And may our coming here together be of benefit to all beings everywhere. So, thank you for your attention. Be well. Go out there and be sacred warriors. Fight the good fight with all the loving kindness in your heart. <laughs> and uh, see, you, uh, see you in November. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.